Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful, and it's time for your post-impact wrestling review show. It's June 23rd. I think I got it this time. And I got my my ride or die, my bestie in crime, the one, the only, Cresta Star. Cresta, we're here. We're clear. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, I'm channeling Becky Lynch, and Team Joe Star is alive and well. I'm really happy to be here with you tonight. We're the best. Impact very, the best. <laughs> a very good episode of Impact Wrestling. We're going to dig into it as we always do. First, of course, I got to ask y'all, I got to say hi to the chat. How you doing? Good to see you. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, hey, how you doing? I hope you like our voices. If you do, why don't you run over and give us a five-star review because that'll get your friends a little bit closer to hearing us talk about wrestling or even you want to hear Sean Rossap or Denise Salcedo or Jeremy Lambert or literally anybody else. Maybe you want to hear Alex Pulaski talking about wrestling. Whoever it is, doesn't matter. Leave us a five-star review. Gets us out there doing the thing. It's the best time of the year. And of course, you get to hear Cresta's voice because that's, you know, the highlight of everyone's Thursday over their Friday. <laughs> Myself and Denise Salcedo, we did the Slammiversary post-show this past Sunday here on Fightful. And we had a really good talk uh, about all the matches, including the Queen of the Mountain. We talked a lot about that championship match. Cresta, I haven't spoken to you about Slammiversary. Give me your quick take. Uh, what did you? What was your favorite match? What was your least favorite match? And how did you feel going out of Slammiversary? My least favorite match for the opposite reasons was the reverse battle royal because in that <laughs> moment I became a Johnny Swinger fan and I tweeted at you and I hate you for it because now I'm, I understand. I see what you see. I'm the living embodiment of a hater as a confused fan. Um, my favorite match, that Queen of the Mountain match was so good. So good. That table shot between uh, Green, Perrazzo, and Gnarly, bro. Gnarly. Everything top to bottom i was thoroughly sports entertained. 10 out of 10 would recommend so you enjoyed the show you had fun with it that's the best part i think most people really enjoyed the show rightfully so because it was it was really well done uh but if you want to go back and, and hear our thoughts on it you can go over on youtube.com slash fightful check it out denise alcedo and i talking about the post anniversary show but we're talking about tonight it's the fallout from anniversary. they did a couple of shows leading in to against all odds and i don't know about you cresta but when i look at my calendar and i saw that we just had slammiversary and then i read against all odds is eight days away from now i kind of like my eyes kind of bugged out for a sec i didn't realize that we were that close to the show and we have a lot to build to uh how do you feel we, we're, we're so close to it do you think that this can turn out to be a good show against all odds is there is there anything that like you're looking forward to? What, how are you feeling about that? It's going to have to be one hell of a go home uh, episode next week. Um, personally speaking, there's a lot of wrestling. <laughs> there's a lot of wrestling this week, next week. Well, for the past two months, really, there's been a lot of wrestling. So I was actually surprised that it was so close. But this was a good build. But I feel like next week is going to have to be like, eh, 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 eh. and I just worry about some things. And we had talked about this. But I worry about the honor no more thing because yep. it's time. It's time. We'll, it's time. <laughs> we'll talk about honor no more because they factored in huge to this show. 
from literally beginning to end. Uh, and if you guys want to factor into our show here on the Post Impact Wrestling Show, you can in the chat. You can donate a super chat. That's our little dollar sign in the YouTube window that lets you donate some uh, some some funds. It supports us here at Fightful. We are self-sufficient, self-funded with viewers like you. And if you donate a super chat, it gets your question or statement read on the air. We also have our Humper Chats, which, Cresta, tell them what they do. You can go to Humper Chats. Oh, my brain has left me in this moment. Humperchats.com. Sorry about that. It helps us. And you can also donate your $5 there. It helps us. We keep just a little bit more of the profits. And it helps us keep doing this, giving you quality wrestling opinions on Thursday. And uh, we'll read those on air, too. We love that. We will. And we appreciate you guys. By the way, after this show, we're going to be done just in time because at 11 p.m. Eastern, and right now it's about a quarter after 10, at 11 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube.com slash Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp is dropping an interview with former Impact World Champion Kenny Omega. So get ready for that. We're going to finish the show just in time for y'all. Finally, before we dig into this show, I got to ask Cresta, did you see the big announcement today? Ric Flair's last match... And there were two matches that were announced on the show that are vital to Impact Wrestling. The first one being the Wolves, American Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards taking on Motor City Machine Guns. First of all, what do you think? So I've seen a few matches with Eddie Edwards and um, you literally just said his name. Davey Richards. Thank you, Davey Richards. I've seen them together in tag team action before. So I'm excited about that. I already love the Motor City Machine Guns. But the real question is, Ric Flair, a final match again, 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 again? Again. He said he's going to be better than 2009 Ric Flair. Says whatever that means. Doesn't matter because Ric Flair's last match is not what people seem to be wanting to watch. Exactly. (laughs) Matches like Wolves versus the Machine Guns. And we also had the announcement for the Impact World Championship. Josh Alexander defends against MLW's Jacob Fatu. I am excited for that match. I mean, me too. Th- that Sorry. is a dream match. No, no, that's a dream match. Tell me you're excited for it. I'm excited for it. What are you looking forward to here? I'm excited for it mainly because Impact has a good way of saying, hey, we don't mind sharing the love with our titles. So I'm intrigued because Jonathan Fightu could really take it. And that would be such a like, what's happening here? I would be here for it. I don't, I don't expect it to happen. But if it did, I would totally expect those two promotions to put together a cohesive storyline that'll make you really be like what's going on over there like i i'm excited for that super excited yeah it'll be a really good time uh that's going on that's rick flair's last match i don't it doesn't matter if you care about rick flair and his last match there's going to be some incredible stuff on the card uh and you can follow us here at fightful as we keep finding out and announcing all the stuff and uh we'll, we'll talk more about all that stuff later uh bti tonight i ask you every week did you watch it did you see the match this time i actually was looking for it but i couldn't find it i am sorry and i was also doing my makeup so it was, <laughs> i get it it was on their youtube channel it always is they did a match with andrew everett versus black taurus they have big man taurus versus the giant andrew everett who is sneakily big by the way he can walk the ropes and do high spots. The guy is nuts. I won't give away too much, but I'll just say Black Taurus does the Power Bowl, and it is an insane move to see. The Power Bowl. And it looks like he spiked Andrew Everett. It is a very, very powerful move. Go watch the match on BTI, Andrew Everett versus Black Taurus. Very good stuff. Impact Wrestling. Let's talk about the show. We mentioned Honor No More at the top of the show. 
They come out first. They're causing havoc, kicking over stuff. They're stealing cameras, Cresta. Who steals a camera? Apparently, Honor No More does. Yes. Mike Bennett's not a great cameraman, but he's there. And then they start talking. And Edward Edwards starts the whole thing about everyone loves the TNA nostalgia and that leaving Nashville was the best thing to ever happen to TNA and that the uh, the, the Impact Originals didn't win at Slammiversary. Honor No More did not lose. And then they did something a little strange that they didn't play out at least yet. They blamed PCO for getting pinned for that match. And then they backtracked it immediately with Vincent. First of all, did you think that this was them kicking out PCO from Honor No More? Is this the beginning of that? Specifically, Eddie Edwards planting that seed of doubt while he was giving his passionate crybaby speech. Um, I thought that was very interesting. So if things don't go their way at against all odds, PCO absolutely is getting blamed again. And I, I... I feel like it's to take away attention from Eddie Edwards, which is funny. And I like how you said Vincent immediately came and was like, nah, 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 PCO's not that guy. But if there is a way that Honor No More breaks up, it's going to be a dissension like, well, who do you think? Well, I agree with this person. So I'm interested in to see where that is going. But also, like, <sighs> Honor No More, man, pack it up, you lost. <laughs> Well, he asked Vincent, and he says they didn't. He says he brought PCO back for Honor No More, and he brings up Tracy Brooks getting involved. Of course, Tracy Brooks is uh, Frankie Kazarian's wife in real life. She got involved in the match, attacked Maria. Tracy Brooks also wrestled for TNA back in the day. Uh, D'Lo Brown came in. He saved the day, he, that says Vincent. And then they had the unofficial three count from what they called the Nightman, Earl Hebner. Uh, I assume that is a father to the Dayman, Brian Hebner. Either way, uh, they, they call it a big setup. And then Matt Taven takes the, the microphone and he says, what is this, 20 years of what, mediocrity? At which point a bunch of fans are just like, oh, he's got a point. I'm just kidding. TNA is not a, it's not about mediocrity. 20 years is incredible. And so Taven says he didn't kill Ring of Honor. He saved Impact Wrestling. And now we're just kind of waiting because out comes America's Most Wanted and their 56K ass theme song because for God's sakes, it sounds old and I'm going to put it out there again. Impact Wrestling just redo the theme just fix it up it ain't 2002 anymore make it sound good it's an easy one you did it to james storm it sounds fine the america's most wanted theme song you got to update it that's all i want and then storm talks about their past with america's most wanted calls no honor no more bums and then they learn nothing from their loss and that uh they suck how'd you feel about america's most wanted coming out for this whole thing I was here for it, especially when he was like, listen, I'm going to just say what everyone's thinking. You guys suck. So you could be mad as much as you want. And then Kenny can go in and say, oh, you guys are washed up. This is not 20 years ago. Beat it. And I, I felt so bad for um, Chris Evans. I just make sure I, that's his name, right? Um, James Storm. Chris Storm's Harris. Partner. Chris Harris. Sorry. Chris Harris. Who the hell is Chris Evans? <laughs> I think he's Chris an actor. Oh, that's Chris Evans. Thank you. My brain is like all over the place tonight. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on. Um, so Chris Harris is like, yeah, I don't care if I'm washed up. I'll still come down there and beat you up. It plays into something that happens later. But I was really here for it because then everybody else started coming down on the Briscoes. And I oh, first I think it was the Briscoes and then it was the Good Brothers or it was the Good Brothers or the Briscoes other way around. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing James Storm can talk. Yes. Uh, a fan. 
He's been around for so long. He's always had between the southern drawl and just the way that he can uh-huh. really pile it on. His ring work is great. His ability to speak is great. The man has been a top level talent for so long. He could have done so much more, but he decided that wrestling to that capacity, being the guy, wasn't always going to be for him. He's very happy being like just a down home country boy, and that's that's real. Like that is every time James Storms talks to anybody. He's fine with that. He's like, I work on a farm. I'm at home. I take care of my dad. I'm cool. And he just comes around. And that, that's James Storm. But you're right. He is a great talker. I love Chris Harris saying he's going to make Kenny King cry harder than he did on The Bachelorette. Little shit like that <laughs> just makes it perfect. I had to look that up. And I was like, wow, he was really on The Bachelor." <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. That's funny. That is funny. I'm here I for think- it, though. I think he even had to pull out because he had a daughter at the time and he decided that the bachelor wasn't the place for him to be. He still has a daughter, but he had a young daughter at the time. There was something about that. He pulled out of the competition. Never watched well, the show. Me either. <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> anyway, so this fight breaks out. And like you said, the good brothers come out, the Briscoes come out and Chris Harris is standing at ringside, staying out of it. And I love the commentary mentions this because it's not the first time they keep hitting it on the head throughout the night because promises his wife and kids that he wouldn't fight anymore that he's inactive that he's not a wrestler now one thing that wrestling will always do is hit you over the head over and over again until you realize oh maybe they're not going to do the thing that they said he's doing i still enjoyed it it's a good way to set all of this up because there's there's a lot more to the story Honor No More confronts Scott Demore afterwards, and Scott says, well, you guys love 10-man tags, so why don't you guys do a 10-man tag against all odds? It's Honor No More versus the Good Brothers, the Briscoes, and James Storm with Chris Harris, and then he makes the main event for tonight, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Edward Edwards, taking on the Briscoes and James Storm. Good stuff. Anything to add? Um, I just want to add that before that, um, Bidell, or Lish pulled up on Giselle and was like, I thought you had my back. Why don't you help me with Masha Samovich? And she was like, I don't want to fight Masha. Who said I wanted to fight Masha? I thought that was freaking funny. Because then she later on is like, I was in the wrong tag team. We were just like going on a date. It was just a date. Relax. <laughs> I thought when she said, I don't want to fight Masha at all, I died on the inside. And I do not blame her. I don't blame so, her. <laughs> so, so I was going to get there because I, I know I skipped ahead. No, no, it's fine because we were getting right to that. Alicia and Giselle, uh, first of all, says, who was your coach? Chris Rock. And I was like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> And yeah, like you said, Giselle was like, I don't want to face Masha. That was your own problem. The the acting between these two is awful. Lish is not a great actress. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's very not good. And then Giselle said Lish should team up with Lady Frost. And the problem with that is earlier today, Lady Frost announced on Twitter that she asked for her release from Impact Wrestling. So I don't know if you had seen that yet. Bruh, I did not. I mean, I think it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, I put them in the same box as Johnny Swinger. <laughs> yep. So Lady Frost is out. Lish is probably going to team with Frost. Uh, maybe, I don't even know if they tape that. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the next show, either way, oh. what if that made air and then they're just going to be like, uh, couldn't find Lady Frost. I'm going to go find someone else. I think that'll be hilarious. But otherwise, it was just innocuous. And I was like, oh, of all days to air this, it's the <laughs> day where Lady Frost says, I've announced that I've asked for my release. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Jesus Garcia kicks us off with a super chat. Says, after you mentioned it on the Slammiversary post show, I now can't unsee the difference in the colors from the hard camera to the other camera. I talked about white balancing, Cresta. Are you familiar with the the concept of white balancing in production? Yes, that's why I try not to wear white on stream. <laughs> there you go. So for those who missed the, the 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 comments that I made, if you look at the hard cam, it's kind of tinted orange, so everything kind of comes off a little washed out orange, and then. On the cameras that they have on either side of the uh, the ring, they're pretty much like a a brighter, more sterile, whitish look, and it just it's weird. Um, and so, white balancing would have been something that balances the cameras to make them all look uniform, so that everything looks properly colors uh, colored around the ring. They don't do that. They need to do that. I really drew attention to that during the, the post show. Hopefully, it's something that they fix. So there you go. I'm now I'm going to definitely be looking out for that because I don't notice it. But now I feel like now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No game over. You're going to you're going to see it. All right. Peace. Anyway, what I did see was Chelsea Green with Diana Perrazzo taking on Mia Yim. And this match was really good. How did you feel about Green and Yim and everything that follows? We'll, we'll get into that, too. I think that they have really good chemistry. All three of these women, honestly. Chelsea Green, I'm so sorry I underestimated you. If you want to elbow drop me, I completely understand. But she is so good. Her and Mia Yim, especially when when Green tried to hit Yim with her own finisher and Yim was able to counter it. So I don't know how to describe it besides their chemistry, all three of them, because Perrazzo and Green together, it's such a happy mess. And then you add Mia Yim's chemistry with um, Chelsea Green's 10 out of 10. What did you think of the match? I, I really enjoyed it. So Deanna and Chelsea are good friends in real life. They did the the spot together at Slammiversary going off the ladder, like you talked about and through the tables. Um, I, I liked at the beginning, Matt Raywalt, who used to be a mouthpiece for Deanna, or at least a, a helper for Deanna, got right up to Deanna with the, the excitement for having her on commentary. I loved that. Um, there's some good stuff in this match. Chelsea and Mia Yim have some really good chemistry. The 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 opening with the um, the fake out arm drag when Chelsea fakes out Mia as she's like hitting her with a bunch of arm drags, and then Mia still went for the arm drag and fell down. I like that little things like that. It doesn't make the baby face look stupid. It uh-huh. makes it look like she's committed, and I, and that's fine. And then Chelsea's smiling and selling the fact that she, you know, she outsmarted the face. It's good stuff with that. They do some yeah. outside stuff, and and then. The commentary started mentioning Deanna Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie's matches. And it got me thinking, if Chelsea and Deanna are going to start hanging out together, are we going to see maybe Chelsea and Deanna versus Rosemary and Taya for the knockouts tag titles? What do you think? Is it something we could do? Now that you said that, I'm like, absolutely. 
why wouldn't they? That would be something, especially for Taya and Rosemary to see if like, yo, can you work this out as Ragnarok? And if, if, if they introduce Havoc back into the situation, it's like, okay, how are you going to deal with really tough competition? Because Diana Perrazzo is not called the virtuoso for no reason. With some really stiff competition, how are you going to handle that? I think it would be interesting to see them take it off of her and maybe Diana Perrazzo start belt collecting again, maybe tag team, and then maybe get her match again back with, uh, what's her name, Taya Valkyrie for the Reina Del Rey title. I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a like next but next match next match. So I I would like that actually. I don't know if it'll happen because me like Deanna seems like more of a singles, but I would like that. I would like it. I'm here for it. Taya is also currently belt collecting. For anyone mm. who doesn't know, right? She has the Triple A Reina Duranas Championship. She has a Knockouts Tag Team Championship. She has the MLW Featherweight Championship, and you know she's having a match against Thunder Rosa at the next triple a triple mania show that's not for Uh. the AEW women's championship but imagine if they had taya come in do a one by one but either way taya right now seems to be doing the belt collector gimmick and i think if you bring that up with diana who used to do it that would maybe get under diana's skin too and lead to some sort of you know tag team uh turmoil with these two teams it would be really interesting to see and if i feel like if they did it like you said, it would get under Deanna's skin and then she could probably go around to these other, every promotion that Ty is a champion and see if they could see she could take the um, females tag team champions too. Like, well, I got it too. Well, I got it too. That'd be interesting. Oh, good stuff. I like that idea. So in the rest of the match with Deanna, or sorry, with Chelsea and Mia, uh, Deanna does get involved and then out comes Mickey James. So Mickey James was the special guest enforcer for Queen of the Mountain at Slammiversary. Uh, she takes out Deanna Perrazzo on the outside. Mia Yim gets the eat defeat, takes out Chelsea Green. That's it. I'm guessing, speaking of tag matches, that we'll see Mia and Mickey James teaming up to take on Deanna and Chelsea. That's the most logical thing for me. I mean, maybe do that at, uh, against all odds. What do you think? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like there could be there could be a different tag team instead of those two. I like them better as single stars, especially as Mia just came. I mean, sorry. Yeah, Mia Yim. What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, but just as Mia Yim has come back, I wouldn't want her to be in a tag team. And I think Mickey James also is fantastic right now as a single star. Them together, not, somebody else. Somebody Because old girl Giselle is coming around. So definitely, definitely somebody else. Yeah, but in the interim, I mean, you just had Mickey James and Deanna have their they're spat at Slammiversary. So this uh-huh. is a good way to kind of finish it out. Maybe let these two be a dominant tag team. Maybe they take out Mickey James and 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 uh, Mia Yim and then move on. Or they win, the, the faces win, and then we just move on. And Chelsea Green and Deanna are like, uh, we're going to beat everyone else up. Nah, I can see what you mean if you have the faces lose. Because I feel like not, neither one of them would look bad in defeat. These two could cheat. And then they'd be like, uh-uh, now you have to fight us, Ragnarok. Okay, I see you using your big brain. My fault, my fault. Once in a while, I get it there. Once in a while. The influencer backstage and Madison Rain says very uh, big brain, speaking of which, that she has, a big, she has a broken nose. And then they tease a little dissension because they went head to face in the matchup mm-hmm. that they had at Slammiversary. And then Giselle Shaw walks in and I'm like, what? Why? why? Why is this happening? And she says, I want to join the influence. And then they start to nope out of there. And then Madison Rain is like, well, you know, Giselle, if you take out Rosemary, well, maybe we'll let you in why cresta why why are we doing this with giselle why because trolling the meme never dies and (laughs) when you think you know the plans 
Impact is like, beat it. <laughs> Honestly, it I love that because one of two things is going to happen. Rosemary is going to dismantle Giselle or Rosemary is going to get jumped by the influence, which is probably what's going to happen. And Giselle is just going to be the sacrificial lamb in the meantime. <laughs> oh, poor Giselle. She'll be there with Lady Frost. <sighs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's keep moving on. This is the match of the night. This is the match of the year. This is the match of the century. Cresta, we have to talk about it from like from top to bottom. Bupinder Gujar and Shark Boy teaming up to take on Johnny Swingman Swinger and Zicky Dice. This was it, man. This was I get my wrestling fandom can can end after this night. Was this the feud of the century between Sharkboy and Swingman? How do you feel about this match before we really dig into it? Because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of thumb work early on in this match. There's a lot of good stuff. Talk to me. All I'm going to say is 10 out of 10 in the Tokyo Dome. Melsa, you already know what it is. <laughs> you guys already know what it is. Honestly, come on, man. <laughs> I, I enjoy Zicky Dice. I enjoy Jonathan Swingman, but come on, dog. But also, I really listen to Shark Boy's music today. It's very Stone Cold-ish. <laughs> really, you think the guy that does the stunner would have a Stone Cold-esque uh, entrance theme? I didn't know. Uh, I didn't really hear it before. I'm like, wait, just a second. <laughs> Someone asking if it's sarcasm? Absolutely not. Swingman is the guy. He is the champion of champions. Period. Why would we ever? say anything bad about the swingman you can't do that the thumb work is real i'm not kidding they do a lot of thumb work they use they work the thumb against the throat they work the thumb against the sternum they do stuff with their thumbs it's amazing <sighs> bizarre shark boy they had a, it was actually a pretty good little match it really was they do some comedy they do some working shark boy mm. bites swingman's ass shark boy bites zicky dice's head because he knows where zicky dice's ass has been there's a sling blade double team on Swingman from Gujar, and then a Samoan drop on Zicky Dice that's broken up by Swingman. And then Sharkboy hits the stunner, calls it the chummer, by the way. Period. And then Gujar has the gargoyle spear on Zicky Dice for the win. And as they're celebrating out comes Diener and Doring, they take out all four men, and now I'm sad. They don't like fun. Just want to say that violent by design. They don't like when good things happen. Also, Gujar in the ring. He is really, really good. He is improving, yeah. and I would love to see a run back between him and Speedball Mike Bailey. So I will say this. Uh, for those in Toronto this weekend, Greektown Wrestling is putting on a show at the Ted Reeve Arena. Bret Hart's going to be there. I will also be there. I'm not nearly as big or as important as Bret Hart, but I'll be there with a couple of my co-hosts and doing my thing. Uh, but Bupinder Gujar is actually going to have a match with Joe Doring, which is perfect because of what they shot tonight. So because Greektown has done some stuff with Impact on their on their YouTube channel, I wouldn't be surprised if they aired this match on the YouTube channel as a, you know, this is what happened last week on, on the show. Now this is the match that comes from it. Uh, but Doring and Gujar is happening. That's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good match and a good way to, to, to get there, in my opinion. I like that. I like there that. And I wish I was in Canada. I would go. You can come. Just uh, make the drive. Why not? I'll Only fly. Hours. Okay. Oh, fly. <laughs> I don't away. I don't have a driver's license. I'm from New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I get it. I really do. 
Uh, Ryan Sullivan with the super chat saying Zicky Dice is amazing. You need to love everything he does. I do love everything he does. Zicky Same. Dice is fantastic. Great, great person. Uh, so yeah, Gujar gets the gargoyle spear, spear on Zicky Dice, gets the win. Diener Doring come out. And I like this. This is a good flow uh, in the middle of the show for me because uh-huh. they come out, they call a Dor- Diener and Doring call out Josh Alexander after they've cleared the ring. Uh, they do a cute little edit here, speaking of production, where if you look, suddenly there's a light that flashes in front of the camera and then Josh Alexander starts talking. I think there was some edit that was done in the middle because that light is never actually there. <laughs> like there's no actual spotlight where that camera gets hit. It's a, a little production technique that gets hit. If you're a podcast guy or girl or friend beyond the binary, uh, if anyone hits like a number pad key, that's uh-huh. an edit as well. <laughs> These are little tricks. I'm teaching y'all tricks tonight. For free. Uh, for free. Well, I mean, if you donate a super chat, that's great. That's a good way to, to support us. There we go. Um, yeah. So so I really like Cody Diener being Joe Doring's mouthpiece while Eric Young is MIA. What did you think of this segment? We'll dig into it. But just on its on its face, on its head, what did you think of the match beforehand and the clean out and, and everything that comes next? So them running down. And pushing everyone out the ring, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Someone else is holding someone else hostage because you they're holding impact hostage because you lost. However, I think that it's coming full circle now. Cody Dina really out here doing Eric Young's bidding after Eric Young broke him down. Classic Stockholm Syndrome. And that storyline in itself to me that you've morphed it into something into wrestling is really good. The fact that Josh Alexander, I'm sorry, Joshua Alexander kept getting taunted by Cody Diener, well, Diener just now, and Josh was like, bro, did you ask uh, Eric Young for permission? You can't just not do this because you know he's going to beat you up, or are you acting on your own in hopes that you could approve or appease him? I like this seed of doubt. I don't know if there's going to be actual dissension, but I just I love the fact that it's come full circle from Eric Young literally brainwashing you to you now trying to do the same thing to make Josh fall off his game. It's, I think it's amazing. I respect Josh Alexander for coming out and like, hey, I'm going to beat you up right now. I don't care. And I'll beat up um, Joe Doring out against all odds. That doesn't matter to me because I won and you guys cheated. So we'll see. And I wonder if Eric Young is going to be gone until against all odds to help Joe Doring cheat. I wonder if Eric Young would be gone even longer than that because this could potentially, and against all odds, this could potentially be Joe Doring's first singles loss because we talked about this weeks ago mm-hmm. when they did Doring and Alexander and it ended in DQ because Alexander got DQ'd. He used the violent by design flag, got himself disqualified, and then technically Joe Doring won. And and that's something that Cody Diener brings up tonight. Says, you know, you'll have to embrace the fact that Doring's beat you before. And the fact that Joe Doring's going to win the title, bring it back to the family of violent by design. Like you said, there's a big Stockholm syndrome there. There's a uh-huh. big, just, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of brainwashing having gone on. Uh, but what do we do? Like, do, how, first of all, we know the match is going to be good. We know yes. Doring and Alexander is going to be good. And I don't mind that Alexander and, uh, is going to take on all members of violent by design, but I feel like this has to be it or, at the August show at uh, Emergence in Chicago. That's got to be the last of the Alexander Violent by Design matches. I would like if Josh Alexander would have some sort of backup because honestly, he's fantastic and I'm tired of them jumping him. But I agree. I feel like at some point, either you're going to beat all three, which you have, well, except Cody, but not in a title match, but 
whatever. If you beat all three in a title match, let it be. Let it be. Maybe Eric Young tries to be a nuisance for a while. So someone's like, I've I've had it. I've had it. Yeah. I don't know. So so they do a little beat down and then uh security comes out. Joe Doring tosses all the security out. Josh starts tossing both members of Violent by Design out, and then the security gets thrown at each other by Joe Doring. And then Diener calms down Joe Doring and kind of sends him away because they go right into the match between Cody Diener and Josh Alexander, which is a great match. And again, I love the setup here because they got here from a match that happened earlier that was a comedy match to this segment, to the beatdown, to the match. It was so well executed, and so was the match. Don't need to go too far into it. We can if you want, but Alexander gets the win with the ankle lock. Diener is flopping around like a big old fish, selling it heavy until he taps out. Oh, yeah. That was great I was buying what Diener was selling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then tapping him out, too. Oof. (laughs) Good stuff. Very simple, very good. Cody Diener really is great, and I think more people need to spend time watching his stuff. He's been around for a long time. He really has, and he's really, really good. Uh, Let's get a couple super chats. Ricardo DeMarc saying, against all odds, is shaping up quite nicely, in my opinion, at least. I agree. I think it's going to be a good show. It's really close, but it's going to be a nice little show. on a. It's on a Friday night during SmackDown, so people are either going to watch it Saturday nights or Friday night after SmackDown, after Rampage, whatever it is. They're just going to go ahead and do it, right? It's not, it's not a huge show. It's not a big show, so it's easy to watch, I think. Yeah, and plus, like, I feel like Impact has a good replay or rewatch value. So if you're the, the matches are going to be good. Every match from top to bottom is going to be good. So if you need a break or on Saturday, I don't think there's a there's a pay-per-view that Saturday. If you need your seven days a week, definitely rewatch it. Watch it both days. Do a box it. Buy it twice. <laughs> against all odds is going up against SmackDown. And currently their next pay-per-view is going to be going up against uh extreme rules. So that's an interesting kind of thing that something's going to someone's going to move and I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to be WWE. Yeah. Uh, I think Impact might either either if they're West Coast they're going to start later or if they're on the East Coast then they're just going to move the dates. Uh but that's that's where it goes. Kai with the super chat saying I enjoy Joel Pearl's voice. Thank you Kai. I appreciate you. Um I do have to shout out cuz I've been using this mic- this is a new microphone for the last couple of weeks. Uh, our friend Drew who has done uh, stuff with Fightful for the last little while. He actually gifted me this microphone. I have to thank him publicly. He's wonderful, excellent. This microphone's great. Thank you, Drew. Let's move on. Frankie Kazarian's backstage. Says Slammiversary was the night of his career. And then he talks about his past with Chris Sabin. And then he challenges Chris Sabin to another match because Honor No More screwed us out of the finish last time. Cresta, I love that he did it. And I love that they set up this match. Are you excited for this next week? Yes, it was so good last time. I was legitimately mad when it had like no finish. I was like, why? Yes. I, I feel like I'm yelling at everyone's ears, but I was so <laughs> excited for that. So I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. We'll see next week when we talk about it on the show. But uh, we're looking forward to Kazarian and Saban one last time. Uh, Tasha Steele's challenges Jordan Grace at Against All Odds. That is, if Jordan Grace can make it past Savannah Evans next week. So again, a little bit of storytelling. Tasha Steeles gets her contractually mandated rematch for whatever reason. And Jordan Grace is probably going to win. <laughs> Dude, I was so sad when Tasha Steeles lost because we were talking about it before. Like, it would be really cool if, you know, she could retain the championship, give herself some more time. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, let's see what happens at against all odds. Grace is going to win. Let's see what happens. 
I had a long conversation with Denise on the Slammiversary post show about my feelings on how Tasha Steeles was handled as Knockouts champion. Uh, you and I have talked about it as well. I agree. I think that Tasha Steeles should be Knockouts champion, at least for a little while longer. Uh, but I think we all agree that Masha Slamovich is very quickly approaching the uh, the next opportunity. Yeah, and I don't. No disrespect to Tasha Steeles, but I don't want Masha Slamovich to kill you. And Grace versus Samovich, <laughs> yes, yep. I'm the winner. <laughs> Folks, don't forget, after we wrap up here, we're going to wrap up by 11 p.m. Eastern, so it's about 15 minutes left. Uh, after this, Sean Ross Sapp, is interview, or his interview with Kenny Omega will drop on YouTube.com slash Fightful. If you are a member of Fightful Select, I have good news for you. That interview's already been dropped. If you're one of the 7,000 people who have signed up for Fightful Select, you've already got that interview and the notes ready for you on FightfulSelect.com, along with a little injury updates for AEW, some of Ric Flair's last match notes, and how a certain steamboat, a certain dragon, priced himself out of the market. Maybe a little bit more information from that. And of course, Sean's running his Q&A. You can get that in. Every single time you're a part of FIFA Select, there's always something there. I promise you. There's a million things. I'm not going to hard sell you because over 7,000 of you can't be wrong. Let's go. Let's keep talking about it. I, I just want to do the hard sell. There's 7,000 people can't be wrong. That's all I got to say, right? I'm sold. I'm sold. Take my there money. <laughs> I'm also sold on Sammy Callahan and Jack Price. <laughs> Poor guy. He didn't even get an intro. Poor guy. <laughs> First of all, I got to put over commentary because they mentioned that Jack Price co-won the impact gut check at the Arnold Invitational this year. And I was like, oh, first of all, I didn't know they did that. Or I don't remember them doing it. So that's neat. But by the time we've said that, Cactus Driver 97, and we're done. And then out comes Moose. And Moose beats the shit out of Sammy, grabs a chair, tells Enazers to move, puts Sammy through the table with the Uranagi, and that's that. You want to cut forward? We'll talk about the backstage with the Briscoes and the Good Brothers afterwards. But first, Sammy finds Gail Kim and says we got to end this. And then Gail's like, well, what, what could end this? What's more violent than monsters ball. And then Sammy Callahan says he wants moose at against all odds in a Ravens clockwork, orange house, a fun match. Raven has to be involved, right? He's got to, it's his match. I wrote in my notes. What the hell is this? <laughs> so this is going to be the first time since 2007 that they've done it. You want to hear the rules according to the Wikipedia? <laughs> is it? Yes. Clock- Clockwork Orange has a fun match. It is a singles match for which poles attached to the ring post measured about five to six feet above the turnbuckles with single chains wrapped from and hanging on the poles to various points on the ring itself with many weapons hanging from and attached to steel chains above the ring, sometimes with sides of a steel cage attached and erected on the ring. In the first match, the use of weapons is legal. And the only way to win was to put an opponent through two tables after throwing them off of Raven's perch. That was a small scaffold, but afterwards it was changed to a false count, false count anywhere. Basically, it's a bunch of weapons. It's a bunch of weapons, and then it's false count anywhere unless they go back to the old school version of the two tables off the perch. Raven has to be involved. He has to. Literally his match, literally his match, he went to TNA Creative way back in the day and he pitched it. This is not like, this is not just a, we're doing it because it's Raven and he's a character. It was Raven went to TNA and said, this is my match. I have no words. (laughs) 
All I can think of it here is this drag queen Alyssa Edwards saying, Mama, this is garbage. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I have no words. That's a lot of words for a steel cage match <laughs> with weapons and a perch to throw off. No, it was changed to a false count anywhere. When was it two matches? What? <laughs> so, so there has to be... I don't even know how to explain this. Basically, I think they're doing this match because they couldn't do it at Slammiversary. They wanted to do Monsters Ball uh -huh. as like the TNA nostalgia kick. And then afterwards, Sammy was like, no, we got to do Raven's Clockwork House of Orange and or Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. And then Scott Demore was like, sure, why not? <laughs> There's nothing else I can think of, but it's going to be just another ultra violent match with a lot of toys. It's all I can think of. Oh, my stomach hurts. This is going to be the whole match. <laughs> um, my stomach is weak, man. <laughs> well, if your stomach's weak, how about uh, we head down the home stretch? You can donate your super chats, your humper chats, get your questions, a statement read on the air before this Kenny Omega interview drops at 11. Next week, they've announced the number one contenders match for the X Division Championship. It's Chris Bay, it's Steve Macklin, Laredo Kid, Trey Miguel. Looking forward to that. Ace Austin versus Alex Zane. Giselle Shaw takes on Rosemary. I'm sure that's going to end well for somebody. And then the main event is Saban versus Kaz. So we're going to be having a good amount of stuff to talk about next week. Looking forward to it. Let's talk about this main event because, boy, howdy, a lot happened. Edward Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett team up to take on the Briscoes and James Storm with the Good Brothers. We didn't talk about the backstage segment. The Briscoes are approached by the Good Brothers. They say, hey, we got your back. And then Harris wants to go out there. Chris Harris wants to go out and Storm says, absolutely not. You made a promise to your family. Am I not your family? And then Chris Harris says, yeah, I guess so. And then uh, James Storm says, go home, Chris. So now we get to the match. First of all, t talk to me about the match. I know you're not big on honor no more. Give me a thing. I'm over them. Go away now. I I'll say it again. I don't care. I'm on the hate train. That's me. That is me. But the match itself was really good. I enjoyed it. The Briscoes, those are some fine professional wrestlers. And seeing James Storm, that's a fine professional wrestler. I liked how he was like, they were really trying to work over James Storm and Mark Briscoe, trying to keep Jay out as much as they can and James Storm. I liked the home match. I liked, um, what else did I like? I like Eddie Edwards getting beat up. I'm not going to hold you. He's been really jabronian and up lately. So I'm kind of like, yeah, you deserve every bit of it. The post-match, no, okay, before I get to the post-match, I wrote down that, uh, oh, my God, I forgot who said it, but when they hit uh, Mark Briscoe at the end and he kicked out of it, it was like, that's chicken farmer strength. I passed away. <laughs> yes. yes. It was a like a solid tag team power bomb type of yes. thing I think you're talking about. Yeah. We'll get to the post-match in a second. Mm -hmm. um, the Honor No More stuff, I, I asked myself, am I sick of Honor No More? And the answer is kind of. I'm sick of them having repeat five on five matches. I'm sick of the, the, the six man tags every single week on impact. I'm kind of done with it. Uh -huh. But at the same time, until they kick someone out or until somebody other than Kenny King makes their stakes, their claim for a championship. Uh, we got nothing. Taven and Bennett going after the, the, the impact tag titles. That's a good move, but we got to get there first. They got to pin one of the, the the good brothers, maybe as early as against all odds. You could easily do that. Have Taven and Bennett pin Gallows or Anderson, probably Anderson because he usually takes the, the, the he usually takes pin. But I don't know how I feel anymore about Honor No More. I just know that I'm done with the ten man tags. 
That's really I will say they always complain about not getting opportunities, yet every week you come out and you don't even hold impact hostage. You just really run down on Scott DeMore and he literally gives you what you want. You get opportunity after opportunity yes. after opportunity and you shit the bed. So it's like, I get it. You're disgruntled, but so I want more for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. They're really doing a slow build with Honor No More and it's mm -hmm. time for them to start ramping up whatever it is. Because yeah. again, if it's the same matches or at least the same thing where it's Eddie Edwards and then Taven and Bennett, it's just kind of like, shit or get off the pot. Let's do something else yeah, here. Very um, yeah, so Proton Pack, double team on Mark Briscoe gets the win for Ano No More. And then they do the post-match. So this was good. This was really good. They do the beatdown again. The Good Brothers come out to make the save, but they get laid out because, again, Ano No More has the numbers. They take out the chairs. They put them around Mark Briscoe's leg, and they do the chair smash like they did to Rhino and Heath, and they take out his ankle so Mark Briscoe needs a replacement. Now, I don't know if you've been seeing this, Cresta, but throughout the entire night, they kept talking about this uh, this, this wild cat Chris Harris and his inability to uh, be a part of a match because he is an inactive star and he made a promise to his wife and kids and he's standing at the back of the ring. He, will they, won't they, will I, won't I? Chris Harris is going to be in this match, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And I would be surprised if he's not. And if he isn't, maybe they put a good brother in there. No, the good brother's already in there. This is for the They're 10 man tag. It's, it's good brothers, Briscoes, and James Storm. But now I one mean, of the Briscoes he, is out. I mean, maybe he gets the pin. Maybe he eats the pin. But he I, absolutely. I was surprised he didn't run down the night. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think that if Honor No More wins again, it's going to be Taven or Bennett pinning Anderson. That's going to be it. And then they're going to stake their claims uh -huh. for a tag match at Emergence. Then I you got to do something with the other guys. Like Ed Eddie Edwards versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship. Not a bad idea. Kenny King going for the X Division Championship against Speedball. That's going to be a good series of matches. Basically, yes. you got to start breaking Honor No More out into something. Eddie mm -hmm. Edwards versus PCO after they kick out PCO because eventually that'll happen. Yeah. Right. That you got to get there somehow. Um, but I'm just waiting for honor no more to start doing things that aren't just honor no more as a stable. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why Scott Demore hasn't said, if you lose this next match, I have to break up and leave me alone. I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> so when that happens, that'll truly be the day. That'll be what I'm waiting for. That's what yeah. I really want to see. So that's impact. Against All Odds is next Friday. So we have one show. We already ran down what that card's going to be um, right off the bat. So we know that that Alexander versus Doring's happening and that Tasha Steele's against Jordan Grace is happening. And then the 10-man tag with uh, Honor No More taking on the Good Brothers, Jay Briscoe, James Storm, and TBD, a.k.a. Chris Harris. What are you looking forward to? Is there anything that you're wanting to be added to the card early on? Oh, and, and the, the the Clockwork Orange has a fun match. That's there too. Uh, is there anything that you want added to this to this show, knowing that it's just a a special on a Friday night type of thing? No, because I think that something to be a special on Friday night, especially competing against SmackDown, keep it cute, keep it concise, and just not so much get through it. I would not want to put on something like that on something that's not like a slammiversary or um, what's the one that just passed? The one before slammiversary. 
Oh man, I just now I'm having that uh, under siege, under siege, under siege. I'd rather save it for something like that. So I think this this card is cute. I think next week we might get a couple of more modifications, like you said, Chris Harris um, coming or being added to that match or running up on Scott Demore, or maybe something even happening in another thing. So I think this is going to be a really good card. The, the wrestling is going to be fantastic. So who faces Mike Bailey for the X Division Championship? Is it Chris Bay? Steve Macklin, Laredo Kid, Trey Miguel. Who would you rather see, or do you want to see a combination of that? What are you looking forward to there? So, my thing is, if Steve Macklin goes against Speedball Mike Bailey, I don't want either one of them to lose. I also kind of feel like Macklin should be considered in the main event scene. That's yeah. just me. That is just me. Trey Miguel, I don't want to see either one of them lose. And Chris Bay, to me, makes the most sense if he's going to do like some razzle-dazzle and take it off him with the help of the Bullet Club. But I'm also a Chris Bay apologist. So there's that. So I don't want to – I guess Trey Miguel, because yes, that's going to be a fantastic match. I just don't want to see Trey Miguel lose. But Trey Miguel was the one who pinned him before, yep. gave him his first loss. Yep. So I could see that saying, yo, run it back. And that could really be the one, one, and – but again, I don't want to see Trey Miguel lose, and I don't want to see Mike Bailey lose either. <laughs> it's a good point. I could see Laredo Kid pulling out the victory and having a really fire match, no pun intended, against uh, Mike Bailey, because that would just be a fun match for the X Division Championship mm-hmm. on yes. a show that's, you know, it's going to be at center stage. It's not a huge venue, but uh, that would be one place where it would be pretty wild. But Trey yeah. Miguel. Trey Miguel makes a lot of sense. I think you nailed it on the head. You have Trey and the story. I pinned Mike Bailey. I'm the guy. I'm going to do it again. And then, of course, Mike Bailey, you know, ex-division champion, probably keeps it. Yeah. That's all I got. Let's go watch Kenny Omega's interview. I agree with that. I am. Now I'm hyped up on vitamin water. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Friends, tomorrow's Friday. Thank the Lord for that one. We're going to be having our post-Smackdown and Rampage show. Go check that out. This weekend is Forbidden Door. AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling putting on their tandem show. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is injured, so he's out of the All-Atlantic Championship match. Clark Connors takes his place. There's your news update there. Uh, Either way, if you're watching the show, check out Fightful afterwards. We will have a post-show. Sean Ross Sapp and Jeff Hawkins will be live. And there's stuff going on all the time. But Cresta, until then, what and where can the people find you and what do you got going on? Hi, everyone. My name is Cresta. Thank you so much for being here. I'm being a part of Team Joe Stars post-impact review show, Fightful, everything. You can find me on Twitter at Cresta V Star. That's C-R-E-S-T-A-T-H-E-E-S-T-A-R-R. And in my bio, there's a link tree that'll take you to my YouTube, my Twitch, my Instagram, and my TikTok. Um, yes, I look forward to engaging with you. Joel, where can they find you? Easy to find, natural pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, go watch Kenny Omega interview. It's in a different video. Go find it. But it's on YouTube.com slash Fightful. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.